This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. All right, Jared Warren, welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? Man, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me and uh, just excited about what you're doing here with the podcast and what the door, you know, doors that are going to open for you at that. And I, I look forward to seeing your success with it. Absolutely, man. It's been fun watching yours. And so for our listeners out there, you know, Jared is a Christian. He's a husband, a dad, a son, a brother, a managing director, an author, and host of the Success 101 podcast. Jared, you're doing great work, my friend. It's awesome to see what you're doing. But I know, you know, if we rewind the clock about two years, you were dealing with some burnout and fatigue, et cetera. And, and, and so you really turned your life around and what you were doing there. Tell, tell our listeners what you did to get through all that. Yeah, and you know, I don't say this lightly, and I'll go ahead and kind of give the disclaimer today. I'm going to mention a lot of things that I think your listeners could take one of two ways. They're either going to hear this, and they're going to be empowered by it, because they might be in a similar state that I was in in the past, where I was just run down, and I used to say burn out a lot, and I'll kind of clarify why I don't say burn out as much anymore, but I was saying burn out for a long time, and I was run down, which I do believe that I was, and a lot of just mindset stuff, a lot of negativity and pessimism that I didn't even realize, frankly, was going on, Um, but my goal through all of this, and really why the Success 101 podcast was created, was really to help people in high active roles, just like you and I are in, Brad, each day, that have families that rely on us, that have clients that rely on us, that have employees that rely on us, and then really just people all around us in our community or church or different places that whether we realize it or not, they're going to rely on us in a big way. I just knew the life I was living was not good. And I wasn't depressed. I wasn't, um, you know, those are maybe some more issues that need medical attention and things like that. I was just worn out. And a lot of it, like I said, was mental. So your listeners are either going to hear what I say today and go, man, holy cow, this guy's describing a lot of what I feel or a lot of where I feel like my life is going right now, just burning the candle at both ends and don't really see any relief with the way I'm running my life and running my schedule. Or, and I totally, I totally understand why people would do this. They're going to hear a lot of what I say today and go, man, that guy's kind of overboard. And I'll tell you, I would have thought that way too before I hit my, my rock bottom. And uh, I've just, I've had a very fortunate and blessed life. I haven't had a lot of tremendously bad things at all happen to me. I've been very blessed, very fortunate, wonderful family, three little girls at home and beautiful wife, great career. But, you know, guys, I have to tell you, I'd hit a point of just, I would say no return. And I don't use those words lightly. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind I would have either lost my marriage, lost my family. Uh, I, I would have killed myself, not, not suicide, right? But just like I, I would have just gone to an early grave just by the way I was just running myself into the ground. So I'm going to hit on some of that today to hopefully give some of your listeners hope of just a young, vibrant, athletic guy 
that thought he could muscle it through early in life and work is noble. There's a lot of nobility with work, but if you're not doing it the right way and you're not taking care of yourself, uh, you're going to hit a, a brick wall. I just had on my podcast uh, just just this past week, Lee Cockrell, who's the, who was the executive manager for Disney World. At one point, he was running about 40,000 employees underneath his watch. And uh, he told me, he said, yeah, you can muscle it through until you're about 30. And then if you keep doing that, everything's going to go downhill from there. And I totally... It's an interruption there, Jerry, but what, what were you feeling? If you not to dwell on the negative, but were you was it tired? Was it quick to anger? I mean, what were your biggest feelings there you had? Yeah, most of it it, it wasn't quick to anger. I've I've done a uh, I would say a good job, but it's actually not a good thing. But I would always say I did a good job of just kind of bottling some stuff up to where I didn't come out in anger. But it was more pessimism. It was negative and the biggest thing was I was not getting enough sleep. I later came to find out. And there's some people out there that think, you know, the less amount of time they stay in bed, the better. And what I found is it sounds completely backwards, but the longer you stay in bed, the more productive you're going to be during the day. So sleep longer to get more done during the day, which is so counterintuitive, you know, to our society today. But I had to actually go see a neurologist, Brett, and uh, I just got to the point where I thought, man, over the last couple of years, things have changed. I, I can't, you know, I can't keep eye contact and talk during meetings because I'm trying so hard to think about the things that I'm trying to say. I couldn't, uh, you know, my sentences weren't forming clearly and I couldn't think. And of course, when I tell people that, they're like, oh, man, yeah, me too. I'm ADD also. And I'm like, no, it's not that. There's something definitely wrong here. And so I had to go see a neurologist and I just thought my brain was turning to cabbage and they ran me through all these tests, fMRI, EEG, uh, eight hour cognitive brain focused study that they did on me and everything came out fine. And the end result there, as silly as it sounds, was you need to get more sleep. Uh, those that know me know my story is that I was uh, told by that neurologist to do a 10 day rolling average of the amount of time that I'm in bed. And I would encourage you guys out there as listeners, if you're, you know, if you're under the age of 30, especially, and uh, you just, you kind of pride yourself as I did on not getting a lot of sleep and still being able to make it work, that is not long lasting. You will be able to, you'll get to a point where you're not able to do that. And if you're older and you're feeling the effects of being tired, you already know what I'm talking about. But on a 10 day rolling average, I just tracked it on an app called Sleep Timer on my phone. And the very first time I got to my final 10 days and I took an average, uh, I was staying in bed four hours and three minutes. And I had done that for quite a while. And, you know, you've probably heard guys out there saying like, man, I didn't get a lot of sleep this week, but I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm not as tired as I thought I would be. I just had a, I guess, a, a gene inside of me or something that was fooling me thinking that I could go for a lot longer. And I, I, I was prideful of that. I, you know, I always told my wife, I don't need as much sleep as you. I can go and I don't need naps on Sundays. I need to go handle stuff and get stuff done. But boy, it sure wore me down really quickly. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that because I know it's probably not easy to talk to or probably now it's more like therapy, right? Yeah, no, it's now my now my message is just to get out there to others just to uh, as guys, we tend to just work and work and work and we can just run ourselves in the ground without even realizing it. And I would tell you guys out there and we'll we'll spin this to a positive note here in a second, but I'll tell you guys out there if you are already feeling that way where you just think, "Man, I don't get enough sleep." I'm a little edgy around my friends or my family at the end of the day. I'm spent. I really don't have a lot to give. Uh, you're probably a lot further down that path than you realize. And the hard part is it takes you getting there and then having to come back from it before you realize it. People would look at what I was doing even before I went to the neurologist. And it's like, yeah, you don't get a lot of sleep. But like, are you okay? Can you do that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good. My parents got very little sleep growing up and I learned from them. It's just a mindset thing. And there was a lot of pride there. But I didn't realize until I really hit rock bottom and just felt horrible all the time and was horrible 
to people all the time how deep into that I had already gotten because the, the effects don't just show up one day and you go, oh, okay, I'll change this. It is a long, gradual compound effect of not getting a lot of sleep before it really starts, you know, taking over other parts of your body and life. Yeah, and I think for our listeners out there, I mean, sometimes if you can listen and learn from Jared's uh, learnings and, and other people's learnings on these shows, it's it's better because uh, unfortunately, some guys had to hit rock bottom like you did to make a change. So I'm glad you did that. So how do you, you know, you live a fast paced life and, and lots of stuff going on, everything I mentioned of, of who you are and what you do. How do you stay disciplined? How do you stay motivated every single day? Well, here's what I'm learning. And I, uh, I hope this answers your question. It'll be in a little bit more of a roundabout way. And I want to dive into a lot of stuff here today for your listeners and hopefully they'll take it to heart again sometimes you do have to go through the the fire to realize how far down in this you are but for for some of you i hope i can catch you before you go through it and get you on the path that i'm on today and it's awareness a lot of it's mindset a lot of it's awareness but what keeps me running every day is the awareness and i i realize this brett more now than i probably ever have we have got to find a way and i am man i am so strong on this again especially over the last six months we have got to find a way to break away from the noise that is around us every single day. Hard work is noble, but you know when the founding fathers set this uh, country up and the ways we were going to live and the ways we were going to work and starting a new opportunity and new life, the work we do today was not what they had in mind. You know they would write about work a little bit, and it was hard work. But many times they were writing about spending time with family. They were writing about new inventions they were coming up with. They were writing about, you know, writing to their friends and family that were, you know, other colonies away. And, you know, it's just it was just completely different what they were uh, describing. But today we've got screens in our face. We've got, I mean, even this podcast, you know, I, at one point I downloaded so or I had so many podcasts on my download list that were good. They were all good things. But there's just too many of them, right? So it just becomes noise when there's too many. You've got audiobooks, you've got television, even notes. At one point, I tried to break away from all of that and start just printing out notes. Like, okay, I don't want to let my inbox get too filled up here, so I'm just going to print out the things that I want to look at, and I'll stick it in a folder. Well, what happened? I, I, filled up a, I filled up two folders that were so thick, I couldn't even hardly put them in my bag of just stuff that I couldn't catch up on reading. So it just you know it becomes noise. And I'm convinced, all you listeners out there, that we need to be in a state of minimalism like never before. In fact, for the next probably three episodes of my podcast, I'm just doing a probably a three-part series, maybe four-part on minimalism and what that means. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm very convinced we've got to get the noise drawn down each day. So for me, it's to answer your question, a long, long answer there. It's the awareness of knowing that the more noise that's in my life, even though those may be good things, and even though those podcasts and those audiobooks and those notes might really educate me on some things and directions that I'm trying to go, if it, if it becomes too much, then you become overwhelmed and you really either you don't get to any of it or you just find you're trying to play catch up all the time. That's great. Absolutely. So when you look at any any rituals or habits or anything you're doing every single day, you know, a lot of people have that kind of that hour of silence or that power hour in the morning. I mean, what are some of the things you're doing to stay connected to your purpose, to your mission, your goals, your dreams, your families? What is it you do every single day? Yeah, and this is where I hope I don't uh, lose your listeners. And again, for those some of those out there that may need it the most, I think they're going to clue in pretty well to what I'm talking about here. But I became privy to the early morning routine after being a guy that snoozed for an hour for 14 years, believe it or not. And that's real. That's like real data. I'm not just making that up. I had to look back at one point. I think I even maybe when I had to tell the neurologist what my sleep patterns and wake up patterns were like. We did the math on it. And for 14 years, I'd snoozed for about an hour. And I claim forever 
remember that I was a zombie and just couldn't get up in the mornings. Well, why was I a zombie? Because I didn't go to bed at night and I was getting four hours of sleep, right? I mean, anybody's going to be a zombie. Um, But my early morning routine has become sacred for me. And again, I don't use any of those words that you'll hear me say today lightly or throw them around like cliches. My early morning routine is very, very sacred for me because I know if I don't get that part in, the rest of the day is not going to start very well. And I'll take a step back here, Brett, and tell you that my early morning routine, as as crazy as this may sound, my early morning routine actually starts at night. In my evening routine, 90% of what happens as to whether you're going to have a good morning or not is based on what you do in the PM. So if you think about having a great morning and you've got this brain dump the night before, as I'll get into in a second, and you have this to-do list or the success list that you're thinking about diving into and just knocking stuff off early in the morning, what happens when you get caught up in YouTube videos, which was always my vice. Just one leads to another leads to another. What happens when you've got the blue light all in your face at night? Uh, You know, your melatonin levels are not being produced in your brain. Your serotonin, your cortisol, the stress hormone, those are peaking when you should be, you know, going to bed and building lots of melatonin. And so what I found was I was able to stay up late at night, probably not because I wasn't exhausted, but because I had screens in my face and I was doing things that did not foster an environment for me to wind down and go to bed. So what do I do now in my evening routine? I will start around 5 p.m. And I will take some form of uh, GABA or uh, there's a company out there called Natural Stacks. If any of you guys go listen to the Success 101 podcast, I've had Ryan Muncy of Natural Stacks on three times. He's the only repeat guest and certainly the only person that's been on three times. But they've got a product over there called Serotonin Brain Food. And what it is, it's rhodiola rosea. It's a lot of things that get that cortisol wound down in your body. So I'll pop a couple of uh, Natural Stacks serotonin, all natural, non-habit forming, nothing that I talk about today is going to be habit forming or anything that you've got to worry about what if I take this each day the ingredients in it all of this is going to be stuff that if it if your body doesn't use it you just pee it out just like vitamin c you know you can't really overdose on vitamin c but I would say about 5 p.m or so and it's not you know it's not like clockwork every day but sometime before I get ready to drive home usually about an hour before I'll put in a natural stack serotonin or I've got uh, if I'm out of that I've got a, a GABA a couple of GABA pills that I take and you, you guys can go and I'm sure you'll link all this up in show notes Brett but what that does is it starts taking my nervous system and it starts winding it down a little bit the body and the mind are extremely complex in the way our good lord and good creator made us to where we can use things that even though our society and everything around us and even things we may be doing improperly in our life to live this high stress high activity life and out of balance we can do things to start winding ourselves down so i'll take the gaba or usually the serotonin from natural stacks unless i'm out of it i'll take that on my way home and what that does is it starts taking my nervous system and just winding it down starts taking the cortisol again the stress hormone cortisol or adrenaline both of those are your stress hormones it starts taking those down it starts giving my body even around 5 or 6 p.m an environment where melatonin can start being produced at night and listen guys those of you listening out here in this it's not you know i didn't know anything about any of this stuff before i hit my rock bottom and again once you hit rock bottom you start really diving into a lot of this so not to interrupt you here again but so so this is where i I guess my question is and maybe our listeners is i'm the same way right so i get home i've been working my butt off all day i've got four kids we're running around we're chasing kids to games and stuff and then by the time i get home it's nine o'clock And that's the first time I kind of have what I'm using air quotes here is Brett time. So I actually enjoy the time, but I'm like you. I find myself sometimes it's midnight now and I'm forcing myself to put down the iPad to go to bed. Is that kind of the stuff you were talking about you were doing or is it even worse than that? 
Yeah, I just realized I was too wound up because I had screens in my face or I was, uh, I've never been just like a real big TV guy where I just go veg out in front of the TV. Mine was more screens in the face. Uh, it was late night dinners, you know, in our business, it, it fosters some later night dinners and things like that to where you're just kind of wound up and you're just not giving your body the chance to to wind down. And really what I learned from that is there's a, like like I've mentioned a few times, there's a, um, uh Let's see what I'm trying to say. The uh, hormone cortisol uh, or the, the stressor cortisol that's in your body that gets produced, it, uh, it just can't wind down. And so that's why you sometimes you hear people talk about hitting their second wind at night. They're exhausted. They're tired during the day. 2.30 p.m. They have this crash. They want to go lay down somewhere. And then all of a sudden about 5, 6, 7, 8 p.m. It's different for everybody. You're kind of up and you're like, man, let's 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 go. You know, and that's me. all of us. Yeah, and you should be winding down if you want to get a full seven to eight hours of sleep each night, which obviously I haven't mastered that just yet, even though I'm trying. But that's all it was, was screens in the face or just being uh, a little bit, um, you know, having people over for dinner, even on the weekends, having going to dinners, things like that. And then all of a sudden hitting that second wind, getting on the YouTube videos or getting on, you know, something, even if it's just answering emails at night that I want to get cleared out or something once everybody's gone to bed. And all of a sudden it's midnight and I'm like, man, I got to go get a shower and get in bed and my alarm's going off pretty soon here. And then what? I'm a zombie the next morning. Beautiful. Okay. I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. So I need to work on that stuff. So, (laughs) so I cut you off too with your, so you take your vitamin, you're on your way home. It's five o'clock. You're doing that. Then what's the rest of your routine look like for the night to build into tomorrow morning? Yeah. So what I've been trying to get better at lately, and and it's really hard, really, really hard. I'd love to hear some of your listeners write in if they're able to master this and how they did it. But 90 minutes before bed, most people who have, you know, who have really done a great job at setting up an evening routine, 90 minutes before bed, guys, we've got to get all of the screens out of our face. About uh, six years ago, whenever I moved to Dallas, I heard a business partner of mine mention blue light. I'd never heard anything about blue light before. I had no idea what he was talking about. But the blue light, and I, you know, you can get even more, you know, detailed on this than where I'm going. But just, just Google it. Uh, go to BenGreenfieldFitness.com. He's got a lot of stuff over there on blue light. Um, but blue light is what keeps your melatonin from being produced. It keeps that faucet from being turned on to where you start winding down, you start getting sleepy. And melatonin is not a sleep aid. If you take melatonin, it's not like a sleeping pill, but it's more just tell, it starts telling all of your uh, neurological functions and your nervous system that it's time to wind down. So what I'd said I haven't gotten great at, and I'd love to hear from your listeners if they can do this, is a lot of guys out there will do what's called a digital sunset, where once the Uh, sun goes down or once it gets dark outside they are not putting any screens in front of their face whatsoever they're just done they're finished so anything they need to get done on screens they are done uh, with the digital sunset during the summers daylight savings time if it doesn't get dark until let's say 8 30 or something they'll put a they'll put a premature digital sunset on you know around 7 p.m or 8 p.m and i've heard a lot of people do that and it's really changed their life but for me it's 60 to 90 minutes before bed that's when you need to start winding down with the thought in mind that i'm going to have an incredible morning because you know brett as well as i do anything you're looking forward to in the next morning that you want to tackle and conquer you get excited about it you get a purpose around you about it it's a lot easier to do some of these things than just staying up really late at night absolutely so the other thing that i do is and apple has made this really easy for people and i still find a lot of people are not using this even at nighttime. 
But even a company like Apple knows that health health is important and getting sleep is important. So you'll see two things on your iPhone. Those of you out there that have iPhones, you'll see two new features that they have or newer features. One is the night vision mode that is on all iPhones now. Uh, or if you have the latest software update, you should have it on there. And what I do with my night vision, Brett, is I will set it on all of my devices. So I've got a couple of iPads. I've got a cell phone, an iPad pod that my kids listen to stuff on, whatever, I will set night vision on all of those devices to where I don't have any blue light coming in. And I set it for 24 hours a day. I don't just do it at night. You can schedule it on there. You could even schedule it, you know, for 5 p.m. when you get ready to go home, just turn everything to night vision. Uh, what I have found is just through the studying that I've done is the blue light. We're the first generation that has to deal with so much of this blue light and it's killing our eyes. Most of our generation is going to go absolutely, you know, legally blind, uh, you know, from when you're looking at it from driver, driver's license and all those sort of things. When they start taking that stuff away, we will go legally blind before most generations before us simply because of all of the blue light in our face. And it's the, you know, it's the spectrums and it's all the things that ophthalmologists could tell you about. But I keep blue light out on all of my devices through the day. In fact, if somebody hands me their phone to look at something now and I have to stay on it for very long, it actually starts hurting my eyes. It's kind of interesting. And then on my computer, I've also got a filter on that that's called Flux. It's actually spelled F.Lux, F.Lux. You can download that for free on Windows. I think the Mac version is like a paid for one time, paid for version of, I don't know, maybe 30 bucks I saw one time or something like that. But it's absolutely worth it. And what I'll do is I'll keep that night vision on my phones. I'll keep Flux on my computer all day. And I don't have the headaches from staring at my monitor all day anymore. I don't have the, um, you know, I don't have the strained eyes where I'm having to rub and wipe my eyes all the time. It is a very comfortable view on my monitor uh, all throughout the day. And if I ever take that color off, if I'm designing something on my website or something where I need to see the colors, boy, you just see that blue light just come come rushing into the screen whenever I turn that thing off. And that's what we've always been used to. I mean, we never <laughs> we never questioned anything about it until, you know, I got a filter on this thing. And then it's like, wow, that stuff's been there the whole time. And it really does. It hurts your eyes after you get used to this filter being on. But that's pretty much my nighttime routine is just, you know, winding down the cortisol before I go home so I'm good for my family. Again, non-habit forming. You don't want to, you know, I don't want to give the impression here that I'm like doping myself up here to go home and be with my family. It's not that. It's just we need we need help. We need help with the uh, with, with the way that we have set up our environment, especially really active people like us that have the tendency to not know when to hit the brakes and just keep thriving on more activity. We need a little bit of help to wind that down so we can be better for our families. 90 minutes before bed, get all screens out of your face, um, especially Especially now with the night vision, maybe that's not quite as important, but I don't want to do anything that has uh, the tendency to keep me up at all. And, you know, keeping those things on my devices 24 hours a day is, uh, has been really helpful. And I'll even do things like, uh, it sounds kind of silly, but sleepy time tea. I've kind of learned a lot about teas out there and just brewing some tea before you go to bed. I'm not a big tea guy at all. Don't even really like it a whole lot, but sleepy time tea is really, really good. And then just making sure that you're, you're, um, uh, breathing and stretching, which maybe we'll get into here in a second. I know you're a big fan of those as well. Meditation. Also, if you're not doing it at the start of the day, the end of the day is a really good time to do that. But those are the main staples I have for my evening routine in order to get into a great, great morning. Well, that's a phenomenal routine, man. It's very detailed and, and it's very purposeful. So I appreciate that. You know, my, the breathing thing, I'm, I'm a big, big believer in that. I actually even do that with my kids sometimes before bed. My son and I worked out together this morning at you know, six o'clock, we ended it with breathing. So, I mean, it just sets the mood, man. It just, it just settles everybody down. And, and whether you're an 11 year old little boy or a, you know, a, I'm a 39 year old business guy, 
it just sets the mood for the rest of the day, in my opinion. So I, I, I can't live without it hardly anymore. It becomes a drug almost. So Yeah, and I mean, the crazy thing is, like I said, some of your listeners will hear some of this and go, man, I don't... Who are these quack jobs, right? Yeah, what in the world? Hippies, you know, what are they talking about out there? I don't need all that stuff. I just need to get up and work. And yeah, I can, I can just go to bed when I need to go to bed each night. I don't have any issue with that. The other thing that you may be fooling yourself on, guys, that I forgot to mention in there is if you're like, uh, you know, I'll say for my wife, for example, she really never has any... Uh, filters on her screens. I haven't gotten her to buy into some of the filter stuff yet, and maybe she doesn't need it, you know, but I do see her on her phone late at night. And what I try to tell her is, you know, what I want for you is deep and restful sleep because a lot of times her comments back to me is, I don't have to get blue light out of my face because I have no trouble falling asleep whatsoever. My question is always, are you getting restful sleep? And I think we've all been there where you get, you get the right amount of sleep. You, you know, you've gotten the right amount of sleep for what's recommended seven to eight hours. But you just feel so out of it. I mean, you just feel like you've been you know, so fatigued. And so that'd be the other thing. If you guys are able to fall asleep naturally fast, even with screens in your face, are you truly getting restful sleep? And if you're not, it will catch up with you, I promise. So what's your what's your game changer for 2017? I mean, knowing you, Jared, you've got a, a very detailed plan. You've got uh, just a, a big vision where you want to be one, three, five, ten years from now. So I guess there's two questions in there. One, what's your game changer for 2017? And then I like to challenge the mind of people that, that I work with. And, and how do you bring your vision that's 10 years from now? How, what are you going to do to get that done in 2017? How do you challenge yes. your brand? So, Brett, if it's okay, I want to I want to take it just a step back really fast, and I want to tell you what my morning routine looks like really fast because I think that's super important for people to hear, getting off on the right foot uh, in the morning. I'll make it a little bit shorter here, but my early morning routine is, for those of you guys that know my story or some of you might have heard the podcast out there, I've got, uh, I went online and I bought these little Bluetooth earpieces. In fact, it looks like a hearing aid, and I can link it up to you and, and let your listeners see what it is, but I didn't want to go walking around out there during the day with the big Bluetooth thing on like you see some guys do out at restaurants and stuff and it's like who's this guy i can't even get off the phone right, right. so i started searching for small bluetooth um earpieces and i couldn't find anything exactly like what i was looking for but i found some that look really similar to a hearing aid so kind of stick with me here i know this sounds kind of weird so i was like i wonder if i've got this hearing aid looking thing in my ear I won't really have to take it out and it won't look weird if I'm sitting somewhere. So that's exactly what I got. And I can, again, share the link with you. Uh, they're like 11 bucks on Amazon and I lose them all the time and I go buy three or four more, stick them in my shirt pocket and send them to the dry cleaners or whatever. Um, but what I do in the morning is I've got right beside my bed, um, I've got my iPad that's set on uh, a time that's two minutes before my phone alarm is going to go off. So I've got two alarms each morning. If you listen, if you read uh, Extreme Ownership, uh, the great, great leadership book by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin that's out there right now, I recommend everybody to get that. But he recommends having three alarms. One's electronic, one's battery powered, and one's wind up because you don't want to have any excuses to owning your day. And, and controlling your day from the first moment. We, can, we can't control a lot during our day. It's a lot of stuff around us, but we can control when we get up and get out of bed versus just laying in there and being miserable by snoozing like I did and not being rested. But I get up, the first thing I do is I shut off my iPad, walk into the bathroom where my phone is, because I know once I'm up, I'm up. Grab my phone, and right by my phone is this little hearing aid-looking Bluetooth that I'm talking about. I stick it in my ear, and from the time that I start getting ready in the morning all the way until I drive into the office, and even sometimes whenever I get into the office, if I'm working on something or I'm working out or whatever, I've got this Bluetooth in my ear. I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm listening to podcasts, and I've got those typically on one and a half, sometimes two times speed if it's not too fast, and what I want to make sure I'm doing is retaining the information there, but if I can get two or three podcasts 
knocked out and type out some notes real quick on my iPhone as I'm listening to that, I've already started off my day with uh, being sharpened, you know, versus the guys like I used to be that just you get to the office early and you're like, hey, that's cool. I got in early this morning. I didn't snooze, couldn't go back to sleep, whatever. Well, then what do you do? You get in and just start banging out emails as soon as you get here. That's like one of the worst ways to start your day, psychologists would tell you. You want to get some type of creative work in. So again, podcasts, audiobooks. For me uh, and my podcast, it's updating a blog on my website or it's updating show notes to my podcast that's coming out tomorrow. You know, it's those sort of things. And then I've also got my bulletproof coffee. Brett, are you very familiar with kind of the bulletproof brand and the bulletproof coffee? Have you dove into that much? I have not, no. Okay, so Bulletproof, I started doing Bulletproof coffee about two years ago. There's a ton of research out there around butter and fat in your coffee. And, you know, the American uh, the uh, American Heart Association came out last year and said that for good fats out there, it is absolutely a non-issue for things like clogging your arteries and making your blood pressure really high and cholesterol and those sort of things. It's a non-issue. We've been thinking for so long that it is. So if you get the right type of butter, I use Kerrygold grass-fed butter, put it in my coffee and uh, I'll also use a couple of other things from Bulletproof like their brain octane oil and, and things like that but I'll usually just put the butter in there and what that does is it gets your brain cranking in the morning. Your brain consumes about 40%, 40 to 50% of the fats that you put into your body. And if you're taking in the good fats, it's a great way to kickstart your brain right off the bat in the morning rather than trying to drink a bunch of energy drinks or a bunch of caffeine pills or a bunch of crap that people are throwing down their throats uh, that are they're getting dependent on. We can throw... A tablespoon or two, sometimes I put even more just depending on on how I want to feel, but I'll throw a tablespoon or two of uh, grass-fed butter in my coffee, and within about 20 minutes of drinking that, there's just an awareness that's been raised, a little bit of caffeine kick that's going in there, I'm still healthy, but I've got that good fat going to my brain, and again, if you guys think that this is like woo-woo or weird or whatever, again, I I totally sympathize with you, I was the same way, or empathize with you, I was the (laughs) same way, I was that guy that would have heard this and gone, dude, this is stupid, this is nuts. And I'm telling you, it's been a it's been a life changer for me. Okay, so I've got my podcast going, audiobooks going, bulletproof coffee, and then the other one that's a really big important thing uh, that I forgot to mention. Right, whenever I wake up, and I heard this also from Ryan Muncie on one of my podcasts, uh, and and it's been talked about even more out there in the health community. But it, there's a ton, a ton of hidden benefits to lemon juice that you guys may have heard about out there. But when you get up, take a, a cup of warm water. Take a tablespoon of lemon juice and a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. A lot of health benefits to apple cider vinegar as well. Just the first thing you do, even when you're rubbing your eyes, you're trying to get away. For me, I'm trying to get my Bluetooth earpiece in or whatever. I'll throw a little bit of warm water in a glass. I'll throw some uh, tablespoon of lemon juice, tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. I'll kick that down the hatch. And what it does is it gets my adrenal glands flushed out. It gets my cortisol. Cortisol uh, rises really quickly in the morning whenever you get up and uh, and blood pressure and things like that. And what it does is it just gets your body ready to start taking on the day. So uh, so that's kind of my, my morning routine as it relates to things I do before I leave the house. And then really a big fan, and I won't go for the sake of time into all the details of this. You guys can go check it out. But really, really big fan of Hal L. Elrod's Miracle Morning. And, uh, you know, we could do a whole podcast on Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. But once I got turned onto that, where you're journaling some, you're visualizing, you're looking at your affirmations, you're exercising some in there, and you try to knock all of that out in about an hour. Boy, I tell you, the, the mornings that I started realizing start off, starting off that way versus the way I was starting it off before, it was an absolute game changer uh, for me. And so that's my kind of, kind of a wrap up there, my morning and evening 
routine? Well, I think the learning there is is a lot of things, actually. So I appreciate that. Took a lot of notes there. But I also think just having that ritual in the morning, just in and of itself, right? I think some of it is so psychological that it may not even matter what you do or what I do or what the next guy does. It's just having something that where you can conquer and win the morning, right? I know so many people, and my wife and I both do this, is as soon as we get out of bed, we make the bed, right? So you just started the day with conquering the morning by just making the bed, as simple as that is. It takes <laughs> you know, 95 seconds or whatever it takes, right? But you win the morning. And so that's a big yeah. deal. And so, you know, because for me, I'm, I'm not a coffee guy. I've never had a sip of coffee in my life, but, you know, I either wow. do. That. Yeah, that's crazy, right? But yeah, never even tried it. But I'll do a juice in the morning. So I'll have, you know, two handfuls of kale, some carrots, a cucumber, half of a lemon, uh, some beets, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff, right? It's a funky color when it all comes out, but it, it gets me going. But I've got a statement I read every single morning. And if I'm not doing the juicing because it takes 10 or 15 minutes to make it, then I'm, I'm trying to, you know, guzzle down 20 to 30 ounces of water is my goal before I even leave the house. So I've got this same container I drink out of every morning, but I'm very big on getting my water intake going. And I find for me, if I can just have an apple and 20 or 30 ounces of water and I read my statement every morning, I'm fired up and I'm ready to rock. So I think just the rituals in and of itself are a really, really big deal. Yeah, no, that's huge. And like I said, a lot of guys are going to hear this out there and think, man, what a lot of work. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, get dressed fast and stumble out the door in the mornings to get to the office at a decent time or get to the gym at a decent time. I don't, I don't have time for all that stuff. It's like anything else. Once you build it in, you'll realize all that stuff that I just mentioned, a lot of you might be hearing that for the first time, and it sounds like a lot of work. I gradually tested things, and I built it in to where now it's just habit. Like, I don't have to think about it. I go to the kitchen, grab my water, grab my lemon juice, grab my apple cider vinegar, throw it down. You know, got my ear earpiece in, listening to whatever I'm listening to. I get ready really quickly, drive in, get the bulletproof coffee at the morning, got my butter right here at the office where I can just cut a tablespoon of it and throw it right in. And man, whatever I'm ready to do, I'm rocking and rolling. But you're starting off your day with so much intention, as you mentioned, and you're conquering the morning and uh, you've got to find what works for you. I would say that above all else, what works for me and what works for Brett may not work for you guys, uh, but this is what has been proven to work for me. And I've tested a lot of stuff since I hit rock bottom and uh, happy to say that, man, I'm just such a different person today because of these routines and rituals that, you know, any successful people you look at out there, they're going to have their own routines and rituals that might be a little bit different than this. But a lot of where I get energized and fired up is a lot of how our good creator made us. A lot of these biohacks and a lot of this brain information, cortisol, lowering cortisol, getting melatonin built at night, and then getting your system ready to take on the day in the morning with, uh, you know, the journaling and visualization and all the things like that that are that are just so good for my just my overall brain power getting going and my positive attitude that I have now that I didn't have early in early in life that's changed like 180 degrees awesome what's the uh as i mentioned earlier what's the 10 year you know i don't even know if this is uh doable right but it's exciting to think <laughs> about what, what does jared warren got to do differently that's going to take his 10-year vision and bring it to 2017 yeah i mentioned it a little bit at the first part of the of my talk here but man i i'm convinced over the last few months more than ever before for me and again, this may be different for other people out there, but for me, it is going to try to, it's going to be testing in 2017 how I can be more of a minimalist. Uh, there's just too much noise around me 
each day. And I know you're saying a 10-year vision, but I think I've got to start with what's going on right now because that's not just going to be an overnight thing. Figuring out how much junk I can get rid of, figuring out how, how to get screens out of my face each day, even the even the good stuff that helps us do work and makes revenue-generating activities happen. If I've got that in front of my face too much and I don't have my Do Not Disturb setting on my phone and I don't have you know some of these things going on, there's just going to be there's just going to be so much stuff around me that I get caught up in the noise and don't even really know sometimes, even if I'm time blocking or setting up some of the systems like you have, it's like, man, what in the world am I supposed to be tackling right now? Because I wrote down some things to do in my time blocks, but I've got 30 things staring at me. It's like, I can't just do one thing. I got to try to tackle it all. So that's my big deal for the kind of the near future. And then for me going forward, it's it's really, uh, recently I had Jay Papasan who wrote The One Thing with Gary Keller. And a lot it's of you- great book. Yeah, a lot of you guys out there um, probably have read that book. It's a very well-known book. But, you know, it's this idea of how do we really, uh, how do we goal plan to the now, as they call it. And the idea there is to take that 10-year vision that you're talking about. And for guys like me that don't have a, a big vision, I'm convinced I don't have a big vision-creating gene. And, you know, of course, if I keep saying that, I'll never have a big vision-creating gene in my body, right? So I've got to stop saying that. But for the purpose of your podcast here, I've never been strong on that. It's really hard for me to think that far out into the future. And I'm determined not to say that going forward this year but what it, he really helped me with was just under and that book really helped me with was just understanding that you really can vision plan out into the future but what you do is you work backwards and i've talked a lot of my podcasts about the domino exercise where normally when we're setting up goals we're planning for we're planning around what we're doing today and we're working forward out into that 10-year vision because if we're doing this now and we're building to this next year and we're trying to do this in five years well in 10 years here's the person i want to become by these little wins that i'm putting in place and that just doesn't work for most people's brains because you're going to find it's too hard to plan that way what they say and what psychologists say is you've got a goal plan to the now but you've got to start out in the future so picture it this way uh, and you may know this if you guys read the book out there but uh you know picture these dot <clears throat> excuse me picture these dominoes that are stacked up out there and the biggest one uh, i heard this a long time ago as well uh that a domino can knock over other dominoes that are 50 percent larger in size and weight than that domino. So if you get anything larger than 50%, typically there's not going to be enough force there to knock it over. So what you do is you've got to get these compounding dominoes hitting each other, but you've got to figure out, okay, how do I start 10 years out? And what is the big thing that I want to do in my family? What is the big thing I want to do in my business? What are the big thing or things that I want to do in my community, other places? And you you pick, picture that as your big domino. That's your big win, right? But then you say, okay, what do I need to be doing in the next five years to make sure that happens? So that's a domino that's a little bit, that's 50%, you know, smaller than that one, right? That sits right in front of it. And then you say, well, what have I got to do over the next three years, over the next one year, over the next, uh, you know, few quarters, over the next quarter, over the next month, over the next week. And then finally you goal plan to the now, which is what do I need to be doing today? And then eventually what do I need to be doing right now at every minute of the day and that goes back to what you and I've talked about before with time blocks and things like that, just maximizing every minute of your day, not from a just crazy hurry, you know, busy standpoint, but just being intentional about every minute of your day and knowing exactly where you are. And that's your domino. 
And as those dominoes start knocking over the bigger dominoes that are in front of them, you've got momentum and you've got energy going forward to where you can see that big, audacious goal out there 10 years out in the future that you never would have been able to visualize before. But by working backwards, it retrains your brain differently to where you're having to think about, well, what is the next domino in front of that one? And you're goal planning backwards. And when I first did it, it's, it's really tough. It's, it's kind of hard to do because we're so used to thinking forward and working in a, a sequential and logical order. This makes you really think as far as working backwards of what is the next step that has to be there until you finally get back to what have I got to be doing today that lines up with that goal. And it's just such a new way of thinking. So for this year, 2017, being more of a minimalist, like I said, I'm, I'm ready to just go and, and just get junk out of my closet i'm ready to just throw away like every give away everything that i have except for this the real stuff that i need that i can be intentional every day and be on without all this noise and even though that stuff's good right i mean we can have we can good stuff around us all the time as i've mentioned but it still just be noise that's the that's the kind of big thing for 2017 is learn how to be um more with less learn how to uh, do more with less but then over time it really is goal planning to the now that domino exercise they're talking about to have a bigger vision for the future and and just time blocking so that i'm intentional with every minute of the day and you don't leave guilty at the end of each day that you didn't get the most important things done for you or what your family's counted on you to do um you know during the hours you're supposed to be productive would you say jared you're uh were you ever fear driven so what I mean by that is, you know, for me, it was always the fear of failure, right? I didn't want to fail. So it's kind of cut the cord and just let it rip and just work, 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 go, go, go. Uh, always being uh, very disciplined with my time. So I've never sacrificed family time and dinner time and all that stuff for work. I've been very clear on that in my career, but but also fear, right? And so it's, at what point as I'm 16, almost 17 years into being an entrepreneur, how do you get past that fear if that was a driver for you? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, for you, it was pull the ripcord and work, work, work. For me, if you'd seen me right there working alongside of you earlier in our career, we probably would have looked the same. But big, one of the big lessons I've learned that you just mentioned there is what is driving you. And work, like I mentioned, can be very noble. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that just, frankly, you and I both know them, right? Not to get negative here, but they just don't know how to work and they can't figure out why they're not getting stuff accomplished. And you go look at what they're doing during the day and it's like, dude, you're not, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, they think they're working or they may, they may know that they're not working as hard as somebody else, but a third party outsider looks at them and goes, you're not, you're doing like 30% of what you should be doing. Um, You and I would have very much been the type of guys that looked the same, just, just running through brick walls, whatever cliche you want to use there, just driving, driving, driving. And for very different reasons as to what was going on internally inside of us. Um, You know, I come from a a background that, you know, we we won't get into all of it here for sake of time, but I come from a background that maybe is not as entrepreneurial based in the thinking and more of like, um, you know, fear drives everything. And so we work hard because we're fearful of not having what we need versus Uh, working hard from an entrepreneurial spirit of creating. And what I've learned is my strength is really creating. I've always told people, you know, for a while, I said, I'm not a creative person. My wife is really creative. She's way smarter than I am. She can create so many ideas and so many things. And then I just go execute them. And what I realized was, as long as I kept saying, you know, words are powerful, right? As long as I kept saying how uncreative I was, the more I realized that I wasn't creating anything. I was just, I was just, 
waking up every morning just to work and work and work. And that's why the podcast came out of a lot of this was just realizing, hey, I do have a lot of creativity inside of me and it may look different than my wife, but I can get the news out to all these people out there that are in highly active roles looking for more peak performance and max potential measures each day and really teach them what I went through so that as young people or people in their 50s that are just now starting to get fatigued and, and worn down, maybe they just handled a little bit better or whatever, we can all change and we can all be different. Um, but that's been a big lesson for me is what is that fear? And I do think there's there's healthy fear. I don't know, maybe some people would disagree with that. But even, if, even when I say healthy fear, it's coming from a place of strength and it's coming from a place of creativity of working around barriers and obstacles to get to where you need to be, not, not healthy fear. I don't think there can be a healthy fear when you're not living in an abundance or creative mentality and you're just working because you're afraid of the stressors that are going to become, you know, that are going to apply to you and you won't get to where you want to go. I mean, that is just not, that's not serving for anybody and you just start working out of desperation and we all know where that goes whenever you do that. Absolutely. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here, Jared. I, uh, one of my, the people that know me, I love talking about dreams and I know the difference between dreams and a goal or a date at the end of the day, but still it's fun to dream, right? And it's fun to think. And so I want to inspire our listeners to, to dream a little bit. And so a couple things. One is what are some of your dreams? What, you know, if money wasn't an object, what's Jared Warren doing? I know you're trying to live this life of a, of a minimalist, and I'm asking you to think about what some of your dreams are here. <laughs> so it's a little contradiction here, but so you know, what are some of your dreams? Um, we'll start with that, and then I got another question I want to follow up with after you answer that one. Yeah, and I'll answer this for you because this is kind of a gut reaction for me, but I, I think that tells me it's the right it's the right answer. I used to be the kind of guy that, um, you know, and I hope whenever I say all this, people don't think, man, this guy's really given up on his dreams, you know, and it, it may sound like that at first, but I'll clarify. I used to be the kind of guy that just loved traveling the world. My wife and I, we fell in love with the Caribbean. Uh, we'd been a couple of times here and there you know, to beach locations, but we just fell in love with the Caribbean on our honeymoon. And over the next, you know, five or six years, when I was first early in my career, we were going to all the islands, Barbados, St. Lucia. We were just going all over down there, St. Thomas, uh, all over. And we, we got a lot of travel out of our system before we got kids in place. And I was working a lot out of the wrong reasons and fatigue, you know, fatigue and burnout and all the things we talked about earlier. And Katie's starting to have, you know, starting to have kiddos. And so she's stay at home mom trying to deal with them and uh, doing, doing a great job at that, but just stress is being applied there and just travel got a little bit harder, but more than anything, we got to a point where we just weren't really communicating. We weren't, uh, you know, we're kind of like ships in the night passing with three girls at home and I started discovering a lot of this stuff that I've shared with you today. So I think I think my answer in the past would have been, I want to go be out on a boat somewhere in blue water, sailing through the islands. And if money wasn't an issue, that's where you can find me type thing, right? And she'd probably say she wanted to be in the mountains, you know, whatever. But now it just means so much more for me. And what it means now for me is a, a purpose that is bigger than me. And I don't really know where the avenues of the podcast are going to take me long term. Hopefully it takes me into more private coaching with people. I really love doing that. If I can find a way to manage it outside of my my regular uh, career here as a financial advisor. But the biggest thing is, is just being a dad for my girls. You know, I never thought I would have, I, I thought I'd be terrified. I think I told somebody that in college once, if I ever have a girl, I'll just be so terrified. Now I've got three of them, you know, and so I'm sitting there going, okay, a dad can be such a huge, um, influencer of of daughters more than mom can you know in some ways based on how how god set all that up with the relationships there but my big deal is just making sure that i create an environment for them 
where I've got a lot of this stuff we're talking about figured out. I'm taking care of myself. I'm digging into my marriage like never before. I'm becoming a minimalist. minimalist. Uh, And I know that's not attractive or sexy sounding to anybody, but, um, you know, when you start realizing the benefits of that, it's it's a huge deal. And really at home, that's where that's where everything is, even though we as guys don't spend a lot of hours there. And uh, some of the, there's some people may have heard my podcast out there before, Jesse Itzler, who owned Marquee Jets and now oh, owns the Atlanta Hawks, Living with a Seal. Great, great book. And yeah, he said something on a podcast I heard him on at one point. Uh, I think it was with Lewis House. And he was asked, you know, what is your definition of success? And I love telling this story. And I brought it up whenever he was on my podcast, but he said, what's the definition of success? And he said, my definition of success is when my kids grow up and they're adults and they want to hang out with me. And I'd never heard it put that way before. I'd never even, I probably wouldn't have ever even thought about that answer when someone asks about success or dreams or something like that. But the more I get myself fixed on a lot of this stuff and realize how important it is that I, as the leader of our family, are in the right place, and these little silly routines and rituals that some people may hear, and you know, maybe you guys never need that stuff. There may be people out there that never need anything that I've talked about here today, uh, but I've got to get myself fixed so that I can be a huge influence for my family. And if everything's good at home, then that's going to bleed over into my career. So my goal in the career and my career is to be a great financial advisor for my clients. It's to lead an office full of financial representatives, both young and old in their in their business and get to celebrate with their families, get to celebrate with, you know, or, or get to also celebrate during wins that they have where they come back through some of this stuff that maybe they'll have in the future or maybe it looks different. And I know how to handle it a little better because of what I've been through. But man, my dream is just to find purpose. And a lot of that is spiritual again we can probably go an hour on that right but a lot of it's just spiritual walk a lot of it is what was i created for my passion my purpose i'm just reading more and more out there um couple of Tim Keller books that I'm reading on right now and just a lot of the minimalist stuff that I'm studying on right now is just none of the stuff we have and none of the actions that we burn ourselves out doing thinking that we're we're coming from a position of strength none of that is going to satisfy us if we're not doing things in life for the right purpose and so just just my daily purpose is to find my why in a higher level of you know, then just work, work, work all the time and then you die, right? It's family, it's uh, spiritual walk, it's leading my wife first and foremost. Uh, if success is there at home, it's going to bleed out into a lot of the other things that we do. And then I can be great for my career and anything else that I'm called to do, any coaching stuff that I'm doing. And at some point, man, it sure would be great to get back and travel when the kids are older and do all of that. But I just know that where I am right now, uh, I'm in a great spot. I'm being sharpened. I'm learning every single day. And where I need to be right now is at home. And I need to be there for my girls. And I need to be there for the advisors that I'm here uh, working through. And when I say my girls, I mean my wife as well. But I need to be there here for my advisors that I'm working through things and my clients as well at work each day as I grow and learn. And I hope, my biggest hope is, is that people see a turnaround in my life that is beyond anything they've seen before. But it took me getting to the bottom to get there. And my hope is for a lot of you out there, whether it's Brett's podcast, this message you listen to my podcast, any other message you may hear out there different than both of us is that you guys that are highly active out there each day and have a lot of people counting on you is that you don't necessarily have to get to that level before your life changes as well. Phenomenal stuff. Two more uh, fun questions and one serious question. All right. So the fun question, what is the fifth best day of your life? And here's why I say that. I know the first best day of your life is your wedding day, then the three births of your girls, right? So what's the fifth best day of Jared Warren's life? 
man holy cow you had to ask me that right that's right uh I would say – and fun golf course topics, by the way. <laughs> Fifth best day of life. And the next one, yeah. we're going to find out what kind of guy you are, too. Talk about the hot seat, right? I, I would say this. This is off the cuff, and I may listen to this you know, down the road and go, man, I, probably, I may have changed my answer on that. I'm not sure. But I had the opportunity in 2010 to be the national new client leader for our company, and that is something that I didn't set out to do. That's something that I – you know, it's a lot of work. I probably wouldn't want to repeat that, right? But that, that just – that just tells you the level of work that I was willing to put in. And though it was, though it was the wrong way and I had a lot of priorities out of order and didn't even realize it. I do look back on that and it gives me a lot of confidence going forward for the future. And, you know, I was serving my clients well and I was doing, uh, building a career at a high level. And so to be able to be honored, um, to, to bring on more new clients than anybody in the entire nation for what I'm doing here, that was an awesome day. And uh, my problem is I don't celebrate wins for very long. A lot of type A personalities have trouble with that. That's also something I'm working on in 2017 is just celebrating the journey uh, a lot more than the summit, right? Enjoying the journey and enjoying the summit whenever you get there and stopping and celebrating those wins. But that was a great day. Uh, long, hard year of battling that out after finding out in May that I was in the leader spot. And it's hard to stay number one when you find out that you're there. But, uh, but that's the dedication that I have going forward. I just need to, I just need to channel it the right way, like I'm doing in life. And, uh, boy, that gets me even talking about it gets me fired up because now I'm realizing as I'm saying all of this is that I've got that same makeup to go work in the right way, but do it in a way that is, uh, that is nurturing myself for lack of better words and making my, my uh, body and my brain and my psyche and everything out there in a healthy place where it needs to be and, uh, and getting healthy to where I need to be to where I can work just that hard, but doing it in the right way to where there's not sabotage and burnout in the process. Awesome. All right. So last question, Jared, is what's something that you just fundamentally to your core believe that some people would disagree with? So it may not even some, but a lot of people may disagree with, but just to your core, you 100% believe it. Yeah, I I would say now I can answer this question. And uh, some people, some people might disagree with this. Some people might agree with it, but I would say you find a lot of people in our, in our personality type, type A drivers, entrepreneurs, that, uh, you know, I mean, heck, a lot of stuff I've talked about here today, I believe in, and a lot of people aren't probably going to believe in it. Um, but I would just say that words are powerful. And I remember, I mean, I heard, I just remember it. I, I may not have even thought about this until I just, until it just now popped into my mind. I just remember being in my office at one point when I lived down in Houston and I said something about, um, something just negative, you know, not even realizing it. And they said, man, you really shouldn't say that words carry weight. And I'm like, ah, get out of here. You know, It's like, I'm not going to say that. And then something bad's going to happen. But you know, what he was trying to get out there is just words are so powerful. And for so many of us out there, we don't, we don't stop and think about that. We don't think about how it's, tr- you know, how it's carving new pathways in our brain. A lot of the, the neurology stuff that I went through was just understanding how habits are formed and how your brain needs time to process and how it needs time to think. And a lot of the stuff you and I have talked about before, which is meditation and downtime and breathing and all of that, you're doing a lot of that for your brain more than anything. And uh, words are very powerful. How we talk to ourselves to self-sabotage each day. I used to think that stuff was so hocus pocus. Affirmations in the morning. I didn't think that talking to myself or saying things that weren't, uh, or saying positive things carried as much weight as they do. And I'm, I mean, some of you might be able to pick up on it here. I'm a pretty hard charging guy and, and I've kind of got my, my belief systems in place where I think they should be. And, uh, and, and a lot of that in the past was pride, like I said, but man, words are powerful and you are, you're really carving 
pathways in your brain, whether you realize it or not. And there's uh, feedback loops that your brain's creating as well that, uh, that, that can lead to more and more of that self-sabotage. So I would say I absolutely agree how we talk to ourselves, affirmations, visualizations, all of that. I know you're, a, you're way ahead of me on that, Brett. You're, you're opposite end of the spectrum, whereas I'm trying to learn more about that. But I've become a huge believer um, as to how our brain works. And I'll, I'll just kind of leave your listeners with this. It's a stat that, that I heard recently. It's just amazing. It's just amazing how our brain was created, right? But at any given time when you're processing through things, maybe not when you're just sitting there you know by a pool or something like that but when you're processing through things and you're looking and you're searching and you're trying to sort through things psychologists and researchers would tell you there's about 11 million pieces of info that's being perceived at any one time when we're going through some of these thought processes 11 million pieces of data that our brain is cycling through at nanosecond speeds that uh it's just amazing to just sit there and think about that but here's the deal once you go through some of your processes of how information gets absorbed, your brain really only registers about 40 to 50 pieces of that information. And what it, what, how it ties into all of this, especially the affirmations and self-talk and all of that that I'm mentioning, is you have what's perception, right? There's there are 11 million pieces of data flying around that your brain is perceiving long before you even realize your brain has perceived it. Then you have interpretation. You, you recognize a couple of things here and there, and your brain starts processing more heavily on those things. Then you have your preferences, which means you may slide to one side or the other once you start recognizing things as you're going through, especially in a sports game, right? I mean, you don't have to think about a lot of things like reaching up and grabbing a ball. Your brain kind of tells you to do that. So you get preferences, and then you've got select attention. And that's why a lot of us get into distraction during the day and we've got to have the the positive brain building words the affirmations all these things that i'm talking about or we're going to have select attention during the day which could be self-sabotage or negative words um but it's just amazing that there's so much data out there noise i just keep coming back to noise and being a minimalist again there's so much data out there and our brain only catches on to little bits and pieces of it but the negative pieces are going to be the most harmful for you as you're trying to create that dream and trying to create your career path and trying to create things for your family family and just overall just how you're living each day and I'm a firm believer that words have power most importantly the words you're speaking to yourself first and we've got to get ourselves fixed first it's like when the airplane's going down right you got to get your oxygen mask on first before everyone else and though that seems self-seeking it is you've got to get yourself right first so that you can be so great for everybody else out there and and words you know words have power so let your brains process the healthy stuff Feed it with the right type of stuff so that it's rocking on all levels. Carve in those neural pathways of positivity and not negativity. And then have a morning and an evening routine to where you're setting yourself up for win after win after win. And you've got to test, 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 test everything. All that stuff I told you guys, I didn't just get there yesterday thinking, hey, I should do some things better. And then all of a sudden I got this thing that I wrote down on a notepad last night. Now I'm here telling it to you guys. It's testing and it's figuring these things out, but uh, but just getting yourself in a great state each day to where you can be really, really good. Jared Warren, you've done a phenomenal job with some subpar questions today, my friend, so I appreciate it. Where can we find you? You've got a book, uh, From Success to Significance. It's a great book. I know it's doing very well for you. So talk a little bit about the book. Uh, tell us where we can find you on social media. And if those folks out there, I can tell you, that are looking for a coach, Jared would be a phenomenal person. Um, give him a buzz. Shoot him an email where he tells us to find him and uh, be a great guy for you to work with. 
Yeah, Brett, thanks so much for that uh, opportunity. And just thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm really appreciative of what you're doing and look forward to your podcast growing and success there. So where you guys can find me the best is uh, if you want to shoot me an email. Well, let me start with my website first. The website is success101podcast.com. Not the Success 101 Podcast, but success101podcast.com. And there's a contact section over there that you can uh, fill out the form and it'll shoot a message over to my team and they'll get your message to me. Or you can just email me directly at info at success101podcast.com. Again, info at success101podcast.com. The book uh, that I wrote with a uh, good friend Curtis Estes out there and a lot of his uh, vision building exercises and things like that in there. Um, I didn't put that on Amazon or anything like that because it was originally set up for my coaching clients and my uh, financial planning clients. And I've kind of kept it that way. I had the opportunity to put it out there on Amazon recently. And I thought, no, I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm to keep it the way it is. So if you want a copy of the book, uh, there's a... Um, uh, spot on the website, like I said, for contact form, and you'll see about the book on there. And we've got it set up now. I think it's set up where you can go to my website and actually buy the book. It'll take you right to my credit card cart or whatever, but that's the only place you can get it right now. If you're looking for me out in the world of social media, my uh, two favorite ones are Facebook, the Success 101 podcast page over on Facebook, or my absolute favorite, which is Instagram, both Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at success 101 podcast. And uh, those are the best places to find me out there. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Jared. I know uh, you cannot manufacture more time. So I appreciate you spending your hard earned time with us and uh, always pay it forward, my friend. Absolutely. Well, Brett, thanks again for the platform. I appreciate what you're doing and your friendship. And uh, we, we may have to do this again in the future. Certainly love the platform. All right, buddy. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.